have the gospel writers and how the gospel is written, we have a few what we call mysterious characters. And so there's a few characters that all of a sudden show up and they never appear again. So Mark's gospel has a lot of them. One of them is the, um, the general, right? He's the officer, and he comes to Jesus saying, My kid's sick at home. Um, can you heal her? And Jesus goes, Sure, let me go with you. And he stops him and just says, No, no, no. I have soldiers that do what I tell. I have servants that do what I tell. You have all authority, Jesus. You could do it here. And from that hour on, she was healed. And it shows us glimpses, and Jesus is always refraining as, great is your faith. A woman, great is your faith. More faith than the disciples. So we contrast this reading with last week's reading, right? Last week's reading, 5,000, feeding of 5,000. Two weeks ago. Feeding of 5,000. Five loaves, two fish. Well, you feed the 5,000. Okay. Well, Jesus, all, all we have are five loaves and two fish. That's all we got. Really? Is that really all you have? Or do you have the Son of God asking you what you have? We have two five loaves, because what really the disciples had was five loaves, two fish, and the Son of God. The disciples were still trying to figure out who Jesus was. So the disciples didn't quite have faith yet in who Jesus is. All we got, five loaves, two fish. Can't do much with that. You're right. But with the Son of God, you can do whatever. You won't even need five loaves and two fish to feed 5,000. I mean, that's who Jesus is, the Son of God. And so the fact that this woman shows up out of nowhere, and Jesus pushes her away. Sometimes we have this idea that Jesus was a nice guy. He was always charitable, which means end goal, eternal life. But his words today are pretty harsh. If we look at it on a surface level. First he ignores her. Then he talks to his disciples about, I was only coming to redeem Israel. Not Canaanites. Not those outside of the chosen people. Not the Gentiles, us. But the house of Israel. God's chosen people. And the disciples want to get Jesus to get rid of her. And Jesus pushes her when she comes to him and says, it's not right for to give food to the dogs that belong to the children. Which is essentially calling this woman a dog. Which is like the worst insult you could possibly have. But why does Jesus do it? Who knows us better than we know ourselves? God. 
God knows us better than we know ourselves. So he knows how much he can push us. And what happens? He reveals to herself how great her faith is and to the disciples how great her faith is. O woman, great is your faith. She, when she's yelling out to him, Lord, son of David, she means something really radical there. You are the Davidic king. That's why it's important that Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Jesus fulfills 433 prophecies from the Old Testament. And one of them is to be born in Bethlehem in that time. And so he's the Davidic king. Bethel, Bethlehem is David's city. And she's saying, Lord, son of David. Son of David, meaning you're the one that has all authority. You're the one coming into the world. You can heal my daughter. Because this is the beautiful part. What is the most motivating thing in our life? Our children. We do anything for our children. We want to do anything for our children because we love them. And this woman was so radically there and had radical faith in Jesus that she was even willing to be called a dog. And not even budge at it. She knew her unworthiness in asking. Do we know our unworthiness of asking? Lord, I know I'm a sinner. But could you help me? Lord, you want to help me? I'm going to let you help me. She doesn't rebuttal. She actually draws closer to the Lord. And this is the only time, first time, only time, that Jesus gets what scholars call bested. Which for the modern lingo, Jesus gets owned. Gets totally flipped around. Right? Because her comeback line to Jesus is really quite profound. Even the dogs eat the scraps of the masters off the table. And the scraps of what the Son of God can do is way better than any human feet will ever be. And she's willing to receive that. And then Jesus says, Oh, great is your faith. Have you guys ever seen the movie Miracle? The hockey movie? Yeah. Okay. Well, part of this hockey movie is at the very beginning, he has all of his players take a psych eval, take a psych test. And there's some that want to do it. There's one guy that particularly doesn't want to do it. He doesn't do it. But then later in the movie, he pushes the players to the brink of beyond the brink of exhaustion on the ice. Like they're on the ice going back and forth for four hours after a hockey game. Keeps pushing them and pushing them and pushing them and pushing them to do the down and back exercise on ice. To the point beyond exhaustion. 
coach, the, the assistant coach, goes, you're, you're messing with it. You're messing with their minds. How do you know that they won't break and walk away? He goes, that's the reason why I had them take the test. So that I knew how much I could push them. So that I knew that they'd be able to stay beyond forever. God knows us better than we know ourselves. God knows our struggles better than we know our struggles. God knows our trials more than we know our trials. He knows our life. And He wants to walk with us in that journey. We have to be vulnerable with that. But we also have to realize we have way more than five loaves and two fish. We have to realize what this woman realizes. This is the Son of God. Have faith in Him. Not in myself. Not in anything human. But in Him. And in His divine church. In the sacrament of the Eucharist. Jesus is present. He's God. how much He can push us. He knows how much we can learn after we've been pushed. Because it's not after until after you're done with the struggle that you're like, whoa, look at that, I grew. Or, look at that, I deviated. Well, come back. He's with us. He's journeying with us. St. Paul continues that message into the Gentiles. He's journeying with us. He's with us. He's redeemed us. God's with us always through the journey of life. He wants to bring us healing. And that's what he ends up doing for this woman's daughter, this Canaanite woman's daughter. From that hour, she was healed. Jesus wants to do that in our life. Will we let Him? Will we let Him heal us? One of the great joys about this whole entire mission of life is eternal life. And so our end goal is eternal life, which means when we suffer loss in this world, when somebody I love dies, to set, to be mournful, to be sorrowful, but not without hope that Jesus has conquered sin and death and is waiting to do it in my life and has just done it in my loved, beloved life. And what should that event do in our life? Pull us onward to look to heaven. My loved one just died. I can't wait to see him again. I can't wait to be where death is no more. I can't wait to see God's glory for all eternity. That's hope in the concrete existence of our life. To be saddened for a time, but to say, 
That gives me motivation to grow in hope. Different things go on in the world that rock our faith. Can God really exist if all these things are happening? But amidst that, to say, God, you're at work. You're the Son of God. I'm not. You know what's happening. I don't. It's a humility thing. It's a growing in faith hope. God knows how much He can push us. God knows how much He can walk with us. But we always have to be open to it. Because He never forces Himself on us. Just like we don't force our stuff on kids. We try to love them. We try to give them the best rules. We try to counsel them. We try to help them. We try to give them wisdom. We do what we can for the short time we have them. 18 years. And then they're formed. God wants us to do that throughout our whole life being converted into Him. To his love. So that we can have the radical faith of, faith of the Canaanite woman. Keep asking, keep asking, keep asking, keep asking. O woman, great is your faith. Let's pray for that great faith for one another and for ourselves today.